Oh, we're back for another 2021 season preview. And in this episode, let me tell you, when you wanted the best, we got the best. We've reached all the way out to the other side of the country over in WA. And we've got the duck from the Purple Rain podcast joining us today for the 2021 Fremantle preview. Duck, welcome to Lace Out. Thanks, Peps. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, good to good to catch up. We're, we're just finishing lockdown. So... Mate, more than happy to have a little chat. Hopefully, shed a little bit of the the Dockers' love, which uh, I'm sure some of you, some of your listeners are like Fremantle. Who? Like, who are you talking about? What team is this? I, I tell uh, you what, there is some love over here for Fremantle and WA teams. After let's just say we're not going to talk about them, but when at West Coast beat Collingwood in the grand final a couple of years ago, there were smiles all around from everyone in Victoria who did who had teeth. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> we do have love for the Fremantle group over there, but. 2020 was an interesting season for the Dockers. You finished with 7 and 10, 12th on the ladder, which has sort of been the ballpark for the last three to four years, that sort of mid, mid-rangey yeah. sort of setup. You bring in some absolute guns in the 2019 draft period with Hayden Young, Sarong, Henry, Michael Fredericks. Justin Longmere has his first season at the helm. Got off to a sort of a shaky start and then sort of picked its way up towards the, the end. How, how did you see it? Yeah, really good season. Um, you know, we were really impressed for what, 10 years of Ross Lyon, just about. Um, you know, you get used to a bit of a blue collar, you know, steely defence, things like that. But, you know, a bit of fresh air with, uh, with J-Lo coming on board, um, as we like to call him, down the club. So, <laughs> look, I mean, realistically, we went 7-10. and 10. We lost four games by less than two goals. We lost to Carlton after the siren. I was right behind that kick and the free kick before it. So that was a bit of a stitch up. And if you, the very first game we played against the Bombers, uh, Andy Brayshaw, who on the pod we like to say is allergic to kicking goals, ran into two open goals and missed them both. And if you go, I mean, that happened in March last year. So that's a long time ago. But, you know, just little things like that. We went, uh, we always play Gold Coast early on and we always lose to them. They always seem to have the, literally the world's best team. Um, when we play against them up at Gold Coast and slippery and we just, I, I actually can't remember beating the Gold Coast in early rounds since I've since we've been doing the pod. So, you know, it's it's just little things like that that's killed us. Against Brisbane Lions, Dean Margetts didn't pay a mark in the goal square that Tabernard took because Dean Margetts, um, as everyone in West Australia knows, is a, a very one-eyed Eagle supporter and everyone at the Dockers hates him pretty much. Like every, every Frio supporter that is, not the actual Frio Dockers, because um, we are affiliated with them a bit, so I shouldn't be talking like that. But, um, yeah, look, everyone in WA knows Dean Muggetts is a one-eyed Eagles supporter, and uh, probably everyone in the East is like, oh, he's a one-eyed West Australian supporter. He's, he's literally a cheat. He's a cheat, and no one likes him. And uh, hate to get off on uh, on a bit of a rant there, but, look, yeah, there are four games, and all of a sudden you're flipping that around a bit. But uh, we were super impressed with how the boys finished. You know, they could have just laid down and gave up, but they, they continued to fight, which was great. I reckon I'm gonna. I'm doing seven. I'm doing eighteen of these, except yeah. maybe GWS because I don't actually know if they've got any supporters. <laughs> so we might yeah. be only doing seventeen of these, right? And I reckon every person who I bring onto this is going to say the same thing about umpires. Ours, I'm a Melbourne supporter, as you know. Yeah. Uh, ours is Razor Ray. Doesn't like us at all. And we always yeah. lose to North in Tassie. That's as simple as it is. We, we just give them the four points. We just can't play at all down there. Well, at least, I mean, how many times do you play in Tassie a year? We've seen we play there every two times a year. And we've, our last game we won was at Siren Gate. That's uh, how long ago it was the last time we won in Tasmania. It was when the siren went and we didn't get the win. <laughs> yeah, but Jesus, it was a – actually, I watched that game again, the, that last quarter of Siren Gate. That is, yeah, it was a very interesting way to finish a game, wasn't it? 
Oh, the Very interesting. Lie down a bit, but yeah. Anyway, the, the Dockers just like they weren't doing the Melbourne and tanking, were they? I uh, don't think so back then. That's I think it was like there was uh, Chris Connolly, although he's uh, renowned for his tanking. Um, no, I think we were going all right. Eh? We we had Dean Solomon and I think Chris Garrett was playing. Jeff Farmer, I had Jeff Farmer's from my uh, country town, so that's why I go to the Dockers. We love the so, Wiz. Uh, Mate, the Wiz, you, you'd love the Wiz. So, you, love the, so the Wiz, the, perhaps this is the thing, Wiz is from Tamblot, mate. That's where I grew up. It's, like, it's a small rural community of about 300 people now. It was about 1,000 when I was growing up there. But 300 people, my old man played with him and played with his dad. And he was like, he got drafted straight from Tamblot, like from a country town and was just an absolute gun. And he took, I mean, I don't want to make this a Wiz pod, but we, mate, that, took, we could do that again. The, 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 so the mark he took, this is the best whiz story that I've got. He, the goalie kicked where he got goal of the year. He did that in Katanning against Wanderers or Australs, I think it was. And the mark he took, he took one of those marks in the preliminary final, um, like the one he took on Gary Lyon. He took one of those in a prelim final against Railways. And in Alley, and he took the mark, kicked the goal, and he came off. And like the Railways guys, Railways a little bit racist club. They don't have any Aboriginals in their, mm-hmm. in their teams. And... Mate, they've just given him an absolute mouthful and he was just like, what are you boys doing next week? Because I'm playing in a grand final. You'll probably just be at home pulling yourself, like just absolutely giving it to him. <laughs> just, but, and that, like we, because we, Railways used to film all their, all their um, games. We're like, my old man was like, mate, you need to put that, like you need to send that into almost footy legends. That'll, that'll win it. That's like one of the greatest marks of all time. And they're like, no, 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 no one will do it. The site. Cheers. But um, yeah, mate, Wiz, that's a, that's a massive side story. Mate, Wiz, no Wiz is just the, All the of that story. part, I'm cutting, but I'm keeping because that is gold. Because the Wiz just... The day, kicked the, nine, the day he kicked nine and a half yeah. against Collingwood, if you ever have a chance, just watch it. Just but I, get I on, tell you what, do, not get do on. you remember, Pets, how you could buy... You could buy games like you could. That always be like if you want to buy this game, uh, like yes, round yes. seven. Uh, yes, name that, a game. Yeah. It was the old name a game. Yeah. So in Tambalup, there is about uh, what? What are you saying? About yeah, thousand people. I reckon about five hundred copies of that are in Tambalup. <laughs> also, there's a poster that was the Anset. It was it was a random poster for like the Anset preseason, but it was that Mark, Jeff Farmer's mark, and that is in every household in Tambalup. <laughs> Every household. Like, I know where it is in our house. It's out the back. It's in the sports pavilion. It's everywhere. And it's like, he signed nearly every one of them. So everyone's got a signed Jeff Farmer poster in Tambla. It's the best. So if it was over in Melbourne, it'd be worth a truckload. In Tambla, it's Tambla, nothing. Mate. It's nothing. Pennies, mate. It's pennies. pennies. Like nothing. The, pe- the, pe- the ink's worth more. The ink's worth more. Yeah. So Luke Ryan, your best and fairest. Yep. Tell us, tell us a bit about him because over here in Melbourne, Probably doesn't get the, the kudos that he deserves. Tell us about the season. Luke Ryan, this, like last year, was amazing. He, when you think Alex Pierce, our centre half back, goes down, um, he's got a broken leg, he's been injury prone. Joel Hamling, who was our key defender as well, he breaks his ankle essentially, um, like a really bad dislocate break. And it, it's surprising that he's even back on the track. Um, Griffin Lowe started playing pretty well, but then went down. and. You know, him and his mate, um, Brennan Cox, the Bash brothers, we like to call them, um, just just really stood up. And Ryan in particular, because he, he played on big, big key forwards and he only got touched up, I think, really once. But you could see against the really tall, like the Kings and the um, and uh, Hawkins, like he just couldn't match it with the big power forwards, which are probably 
becoming less and less prevalent. But, mate, his intercept marking, his defending was unbelievable. And the defence in particular for the Dockers last year was probably the standout. And it's all the, the guys that you, like, I reckon somebody listened to, like Ethan Hughes. Ethan Hughes, unknown dude, just goes about his business. Like, there's probably one of him on every club and you're just like, oh, this guy's actually a really good defender. Um, like I said, Griffin Lode stood up after being a first-round pick and a bit injury-prone. Um, Brennan Cox went back, which was really good. He's a he's a bit of a larrikin, seems a bit lackadaisical, but he's he's cool under pressure as well. So that's kind of developed. And then you know you got guys like Reese Conker who did really well as a shutdown small defender. He he like he had a really great game against Dusty Martin um, uh, towards the end of the year where he kept him to about twelve possessions. But Conker's what we he's kind of like a missing piece in the fact that we would get torched by small forwards. Like we'd get torched every year. And like Lee Spur, like we always talk about him, like just missing a tackle or just missing a, like, and the small forward, like he would go up for a spoil, the ball would go out of the back, small forward kicks a goal. So Conker was really great. But yeah, getting back to Luke Ryan, man, he was, he was outstanding. Intercept marking, uh, winning one-on-one contests. His kicking's elite as well. And he, he, um, he has a long penetrating kick. I mean, realistically, he's, he's come from nowhere because he's, he's one of these guys that I think uh, he was a BFL player and we just picked him up randomly. I think it was pick 78 or something like that. We picked him up randomly and we we're just like, oh, awesome. Like this guy's just fit straight in. Bang, away you go. It's amazing so, if you could do your research, the, the jewels that you can find. In the diamonds in the oh, rough. Yeah. There are so many yeah. diamonds in the rough. And it's almost a bit of that money ball strategy where they, they look short or they throw funny or they've got an ugly girlfriend or whatever that people just disregard them when they're actual footballers. Yeah. And I think there's yeah. a little bit of that, that footballer, natural footballer coming back into the game because as there's less and less rotations, people need to be able to be more skillful to hit the targets to kick goals when they're necessary. And we can see now that a lot of the, a lot of the people that are missing goals, et cetera, are athletes turned footballers. Yet there's a lot of footballers now. Caleb Daniel, perfect example. He's a footballer. Yeah. He's, he's four foot three, but an absolute gun because he can yeah. kick it. And so I think that's what they're looking for now. And I know my grub, the D's, they picked up two, uh, Laurie and Bowie, who short in stature, but can play football. So yeah. I think a lot of clubs now are trying to move towards that because they know the rotation side of things. It's going to have a bit of an impact on them. So where will the improvement from last year into 2021 be? Will it be the return of those play, injured players that you've recently mentioned? Or is it going to come from within the youth, like I said, from the Youngs, the Sarongs, the Henrys, users? Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit of column A and a bit of column B. Like our injury problems have been terrible. Like we've been unlucky with injury, probably same as the D's. But look, it just seems like we we are cursed with injury. You know, our key defenders went down. Like I said last year, um, Tabs at the moment has got what they called quad awareness, which I don't know what the hell that means. But um, he's he's missing a couple of weeks. Big Hodor Darcy. Um, he'll be out for, uh, I think, three or four weeks with a knee. But, I mean, he's an interesting thing. But in terms of how we how we improve, Brayshaw and Chera, um, they've got to continue to improve. I was, at the start of last year, last season, I was out on both of them. They had a pathetic start to the year. The pick two and pick five, you know, we call them the fruit and veg guys because, you know, you got to have your two and five fruit and veg. But, look, they, 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 they really picked up as the season went on. And, you know, I'm, I'm a real harsh critic. 
And I'm, 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 I burn plays straight away. I'm like, he sucks. Get rid of him. You know, like Griffin Logue, I was, I was out on. But I think if Brayshaw, Chera, Logue continue to grow, Sarong looks like an absolute gun. Um, I talked to a mate who was down at training uh, last week and he was like, Sarong is just dominating again, um, which is really good. And the guy, we, we call Doctor Who in the fact that sometimes you watch a game and you don't realise he played. But Darcy Tucker, who did his hamstring um, tendon, he he's a... He's a really good player and he's getting better and better. His, his drop of the ball is a bit weird, but he can kick like 60 metres on his left. Don't know where he fits in the team at the moment, but he's a really – and he's really highly regarded within the within the club. So our midfield has to grow. And like you said, the the, the young fellas, Henry, you got to remember, um, Henry went from playing school footy to playing AFL. Like the, the impact of COVID on these players, these young guys in particular – Really wondering how that's going to be long-term because we've got guys here. We play, like, the Dockers are aligned with the Peel Thunder and, like, half the team plays for Peel every week and uh, probably, you got, what are you guys, the Casey we're Scorpions? Casey, we're the Casey, yeah, so, the Casey yeah, Demons, yeah. yeah. We're yeah. the Scorpions, so, but we're the Demons, yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're Peel Thunder and we just, like, every week you see the young fellas going through, they're going all right, you know, but last year they didn't play any reserves footy or Same you know, waffle footy. So I, I don't know how that's going to go with the growth, but mate, Henry's come back and he's, he's looking yoked. He's, he's left foot, right foot. Um, my mate coached him down at Christchurch and he was like, look, he's, he's essentially both feet. Like he, he hurt his knee, but he's just unbelievable. And you forget his pick. I think he was pick nine. Eight, nine. We did. We had seven, eight, nine. I can't remember which order it went in, but yeah, he, young he Sarong Henry. Yeah, and like when you think about even young, like young before he went down in that game where he got the syndesmosis, he's kicking it out of the back line and hitting dudes. You know, like with foot skills we've never seen at the Dockers. Like our foot skills are always terrible, and he was just like a laser and having that confidence and that he's got a little bit about him, young. Um, you know, he's. Uh, He's he he uh, he's got plenty. He of doesn't mind it. So. He doesn't mind it. Yeah, yeah. But that was the thing about Young going into that draft is his work out of the back line and his laser his laser kicking. And Sarong yeah. was supposed to be the best small forward going around in that draft, and you nabbed them both. Yeah. So close well, Sarong back. Is, yeah. Yeah. Sarong awesome. is unbelievable. He's he's so good and he's hard working and. That's all you can ask for these young fellas, you know. So it'll come from that growth in the middle, the middle guys. The, the Brasher and Chera, I think, are the two guys who have to drive the club forward. We've, we've pinned our hopes on them. Hopefully, Chera signs. Um, I know that the best thing is, I think, both their guilt, like the, the big things that we were excited about were because of the Melbourne lockdown, every, all the Victorian players stayed in WA and all their girlfriends moved over to WA. Now, WA is not short of some hot chicks, mate, but having their girlfriends over here, locking that in and just being out, like just the pure fact that we didn't have any restrictions, no lockdowns, nothing like that. And people just about, like they just went out about their daily lives and nothing really changed that much. I think that's really important um, for keeping these guys here. So, you know, that because that's our biggest thing is keeping, keeping players in Western Australia. And that's where I think the Dockers, I mean, we talked about it on our pod, but the, the two big things we kept banging on about is, number one, don't trade. We don't want any parts of trades anymore. Like, I'm sick of trading players. I think we always get stitched up. And number two, draft local. And that's what we did this off-season. That, like, our, our favourite time of year is probably yours as a D's fan is, like, October, November. It's like trades and drafts, like, yes, we're winning. Like, we've got the flag, stitch, like, lock us in, like, might as well like pencil it in on the cup now. We've got the flag. That's that's <laughs> what I say every every season. That 
trade week is our is our grand final week every oh, season yeah. for everybody out of the out of the top the top eight. Trade week is the most exciting thing. Now, going from um, chocolates to ball lollies in the space of a couple of seasons was, and you mentioned it about trades. I've got to ask you, Jesse Hogan. Look, we had our reports and so forth from over here. What may may not have been going on. Why why didn't it work? I think there's the the biggest thing was the fact that he came over and he was injured and he didn't get into the club much. I don't think in terms of. You know, you look at him and you just, I'm no body language expert, but like when you see him at the club in the huddles, he's kind of, he seemed, he seemed quite sad and quite alone. Like he'd seen, honestly, my, my read on is that he didn't have many mates at the club. And that's, I think that's a really tough thing at a footy club, which is a bit weird, but, and plus mm. the injuries um, at, at training, everyone was like, good Lord, this guy's killing it. And then in games, he just couldn't quite get into it. I think, as well, J-Lo spoke to him a bit about being, I think he was quite harsh on the, the midfielders, not delivering it to him, which, mate, if you're a Dockers forward, I mean, I tell you what, it's 10 years hard labour to kick a goal. Like, the ball's going over your head, at your feet. You know, he's not getting it late, like, silver service. Um, you know, you can say he, lace he, out. There's no copyright on that. Yeah. You can actually <laughs> he's say. Not, he's, he's not getting it lace out. Cheers, there we go. Um, but um, Plug. Look, he, uh, he just... Yeah, and I think in the end they just went, look, we we got it. And I, I, uh, the big thing is, and, and this is to Melbourne's credit, I don't know why he got to the Dockers. The 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 word was like after everything came out, they're like, look, Ross Lyon in particular was like, look, we pulled the we we pulled the plug. We said no, nah, we don't want him. And then he came to the club, hat in hand, and begged, pretty much to come back to WA and come to the Dockers. And then we went, all right, so we'll give you we'll give you pick six, like what. Like that was that was one of the King brothers. Like you know what I mean. Like that's something exactly what we needed—a big tour forward. And instead, we've gone with Jesse Hogan, who's always going to cost more and things like that. So I think that that just really surprised me. If that if that was the case that he wanted to get out of Melbourne and like he was like desperate, why did we pay a King's ransom? That's the hard thing that I don't understand. And that's that's where the Dockers fans. But I, I'm quite happy that we've we've done the deal. It's it's over and. You know, in the end, he was he was injury prone. He didn't play super well. He had one good game where he kicked four goals. Um, we had a little patch two years ago where him, Tabs, and uh, Lob were all playing together, and we, you know, were kicking. Anytime we score over hundred points, like like ring the ring the bells, like it's it's the greatest thing ever. And you know, we had a couple of couple of games where they really dominated those three, um, but you know, in the end, it didn't work out. I, I wish him all the best at at GWS and knowing our luck, he'll probably kick a hundred this year and win the Coleman. You know, that's, that's how the Dockers go, mate. Everyone, everyone who leaves the Dockers just gets way better. And it's just like, oh, what are we doing? <laughs> we were the same. We, from, from our perspective, I was at the game he did when he did his foot and you could see straight away, as soon as it went, it wasn't good. Yeah. So this guy's had so many things go through with his life. Yeah. That's one of the reasons I think he wanted to get back to Perth, back to family, et cetera. And then mm. it just, didn't click whether the off-field stuff was making too much of an impact on the on-field. It just didn't shatter. I'm, I really hope just seeing what he's capable of doing in his first few years with us to see, I just hope he can recapture that because it's going to be another one of those wasted talents. Yeah. And I mean, we've already had that at our club with Cam McCarthy. I mean, oh. Cam Mac, the man we call Darty, you know, the, the Lebanese dragon, mate, he just, he, he uh, again promised the world delivered an atlas and you know you just unfortunately in the docker system where you've got to you know um 
you've got to work hard when the ball hits the ground. Like that's that's Ross's stuff, and you've got to be able to do something other than yeah. kick goals. I mean, we hate we really hate goal kicking forwards. We're like, mate, do you have an eye for goal? Like, yep, yeah, don't worry about it. Then you're not coming. Like, you know, poor old Matera when he came to the club. The first thing he said at the press conference was, I want to work on my tackling and my defensive pressure. So, mate, you have just got the, na- the, the best eye and can light it up and instead will turn you into a defensive forward. Like, that's all the guys. Like, and then we end up with, like, Schultz and Switkowski who cannot kick a goal, yet they can tackle. So cool. I was about to ask like, you about Lockie right? Schultz because there is a bit of a connection with uh, Melbourne and not Melbourne, but uh, Lockie Schultz have a bit of a vested interest. Lockie worked for one of my mates when oh, he was nice. in here in Melbourne. He just looked like, especially with the, the limited opportunities that he may have got throughout the season, he, he, there was a couple of times he was kicking, you know, his twos and his threes, still sitting on the rookie list. Yeah. I, I mean, an article came out in the middle of the year with him and uh, Brett Bewley, who I call Brewley, but Bewley, who they were both, because their wage got cut in half, they were on minimum wage, essentially. If it wasn't for their match payments, they would have been earning, like, and Bewley did miss, like, he didn't play the second half of the season. Um, but they were on like, they went from 90 grand to 45 grand and they're mm-hmm. getting their matches. And it's like, man, you guys are getting nothing. Like if they weren't getting their match payments, which I think was about $2,000, yep. like they figured it out that the amount of work they do, they actually would have been getting paid less than like five or 10 bucks an hour. And like, you know, that's, oh, you forget about things like that with all the, with all the um, COVID cuts and things like that. And it's, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. It, it is very interesting. But look, Schultz was solid. He's a solid player, but he's definitely a player that you're just like, all right, we can upgrade this position. And if, if Henry or even a Sturt get, get better and um, even this big boy Tracy who's come in and seems to be a, a, a very good defensive forward as well, like loves tackling people, like a big boy loves tackling and he seems to be like tapping oh. our time Schultz. It's like, mate, that's got us licking our lips. I think if you can get a big guy that can tackle, you, you've yeah. got something there because that's the way the game is. But the whole pressure these days, Ruckman just can't be the old tap, run around, tap, run around, tap, run around. They've got to do something. So that's why Braden Proust, Munford, when they're a uh, Goldstein as well too, when they're, they're up and about, and Nick Nat, obviously. I don't want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. But Nick Nat, oh, like, don't worry. when they can uh, tackle. You, what do you want to know about Nick Nat? We hear it in the news every day. Oh, I don't want to hear anything, anything about him. I don't want to hear anything because apparently, apparently there's no other players at West Coast besides Nick Nat and Dom Sheed. It's the, it, don't, don't worry, it's the same in WA. It, Nick Nat literally tried to sell his house, article in the paper. Trying to sell it again, article in the paper. Like anything he does, it's like, oh yeah, Nick Nat. He, and on Twitter in particular, like Perth Now and the West, they just like, oh, Nick Nat uh, celebrated like, I don't know, celebrated Tampa Bay winning the, the Super Bowl. Like, cheers. Like, what, what is this article? Who cares? <laughs> and, and to make it even yeah. worse... Champion data rated him as the number one player in the league. So that just goes, that just goes to show champion where data, champion mate. data have gone. Champion data are losing credibility by the day. Putting North Melbourne as like the, what was it, the second midfield? Yep, that was, they'll rank second. I was, like, I was like, hey, and so Ben Cunnington, I've seen him tear the Dockers apart. And then I was like, I actually don't know any other than midfielders. I, I know Goldstein, I guess, does he count as a midfielder? Oh, that guy Zebel. You'd go Zebel. You'd have Stevenson in there now. You would have Davis Uniaki. You'd have Terrence Thomas, maybe. It's not midfielders. <laughs> you're not like, you're, oh, not, you're, not, you're not going top shelf. Yeah, uh, exactly. you know, Shivers Regal exactly. vintage up here. We're, we're a little bit, little bit lower yeah. than that. Okay. Well, I mean, 
Yeah, sorry, you go. No, no, go for it, go for it. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I mean, I knew North Melbourne were in trouble when they hired the guy who conceded 145 points versus the Dockers and Ken McCarthy kicked six. Like that first game against North Melbourne two years ago, I was like, book the, like we say, our saying is book the bus. Book the bus. We're driving over to Melbourne for the grand final. And we, I was like, and then they hired Ray Shaw as their coach when he was the defensive coach. I was like, have you, did, did no one watch that game versus the Dockers? Like, if you're conceding more than 100 points, 145 points, I would have been like, sorry, mate. Like, not only does Scott get sacked, but you also get sacked. Like, both of you are out the door. But, I mean, I know it's a bit of a tricky thing now with how he's ended up. Yeah, but it's... straight away, I was like, this isn't going to work. Like, nah. this is not going to work. This dude's conceded. Like, you're just like, what? Against the Dockers, who average about, we average 50 points. I mean, there's under Ross Lyon as well. It's unbelievable. Yeah, nothing, line, nothing lines up on that decision. You know, like I said, take all the mental health side of things out of it. You know, yeah. Nothing lines up. Well, okay. As a Dockers fan, I was like, what is going on? So let's, let's put the hat on. Let's put the hat on. Yep. Couple of things I have to ask. All right. So your breakout star for Frio this year, who's it going to be? Look, I, I've put it down as, as probably there's three guys I think that will really have a big season. Our man, Dick Tracy, who's been training the house down, the big boy who we got in the, in the um, rookie draft, who the knock was on him apparently that he was a bit, bit big, bit lazy, you know, didn't really work that hard and he's come in and he's, he's working his ass off for the Dockers. So he's a really big chance to have it because we're missing a key forward. We don't have it. Like Tabs, look, Matt Tabernard, I think he's good, but he's a rookie list of players as well. So he's not, he's not, He's very important to us, but he's also injury prone. Um, Henry, coming off his first preseason, I think he's going to show yeah. a bit of his talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy, a bit of a forgotten man, Sturt, um, who won the Rising Star in round one last year. Like he got a Rising Star nom, kicked three against the Bombers. He's a really good footy player. He's really smart, and he he could develop into anything. Is he he gets bigger? Just he's injury prone as well. Both his ankles are buggered, which is a bit of a bummer. And he didn't. I don't think he played much footy in his juniors. He was more of a cricket man. So. Look, any of those three guys, and then obviously Young, because he only played a couple of games last season, so he's he's really the chance to be a really good halfback flanker. But you've got growth. You've got growth. Yeah, we've got the. I think we've got the equal youngest team at least. That is sorry in the in the AFL. Like people forget, like Sean Darcy's twenty two. Like you know, we the only old guys we've got is David Mundy, who is just a timeless wonder, and. I tell you what, if he was in Melbourne, he would be that people would be talking about him like he's one of the greats. He is so good. He is so underrated. He's like you look at Scotty Pendlebury and how high he's rated. In, yeah, in, I'd in agree. He is he is like Scotty Pendlebury. And he like people forget 2013, his season was outstanding. And then every time Fife goes down, Monday gets like 35 touches and wins all the clearances. And just puts his big boy pants on, and his kids, mate. He's got three kids. I think he's, no, he's got two, a uh, one girl and two boys. His boys, I reckon they're they're going to be lock them in for ten years time, fifteen years time. They're good. You're licking your well, lips. We come down the elevator with them into the players' room after the North Melbourne game, and the the middle one goes, "We kicked over hundred points. How good's that?" Like he knew, he knew straight away. I was like, "This kid gets he it. He gets it. He Get gets him it." In. That's it. But, you know, like that's the, that's the kind of growth we're hoping to see from guys like that. Um, not David Mundy, the rising star norm, but uh, like just guys like, um, like Sturt and, and, and your Henry and Young, if they can break out, and especially this Tracy bloke who just seems like 
all the reports we're hearing and everything we're getting from the club is just, he is just training the house down and you've got to watch out for him. And like people might be like, who are you talking about? But yeah, we got him in the rookie and he's a big boy. Big boy loves to tackle and he's, he's got a bit you of... You can't ask for so, much more than that. You yeah. can't ask for much. We actually mentioned Fife. Yep. Is it, isn't it good because he's carried that midfield for goodness knows how many years, finally being able to get some relief. And also Mundy as well too. You know, two-time Brownlow medalist. He has his injury concerns over the last couple of years. Isn't it nice from your perspective to know that there's just a crop of young guys that are going to be able to just help him out and maybe take some of those minutes from him from his midfield where he can go forward and can make a difference? Well, if you go to a game and you watch him play, because, I mean, this is these are things on TV you can't see. When Fife goes into the forward line, the defenders pack their dacks <laughs> and they go to him like bees to a honeypot. They're just like all around him. And it frees up Tabernard, it frees up maybe a Walters or, a, you know, whoever happens to be down there as well. But Fife drags two or three defenders to him. He is, he, like, we've been so blessed to have Fife. He's just so good. Um, and, you know, the way he plays, and I think he's, He's his understanding now. He's very aware of himself in that five, I reckon. He knows his image and he knows that to become a legend of the AFL and of our footy club, to surpass Pav, essentially, the only thing he can do is win a flag. That's all he can do. Like he's winning all these brown loads and people are still like, like we do the triangle. I'm like, well, Pav's God level and then five still below with like five and Monday. And, you know, like it's getting to the stage now, like after he won his second brown line, I was like, I don't care. Like, I don't care if he wins another brown. Like, we want him, like, this is, I go for Dockers. I don't go for Fife. Mm. So, you know, that was my take on it. And, like, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, like, it's good to celebrate stuff. But, honestly, it, it's at the point now where it's like, Fife, if he leads us to a flag, like, statues and kids are getting named Fife, like, dead set, it'll be, it'll be crazy. And it, it's, I think he knows that as well. And I think he, like, you hear him talk, he wants to play until he's, like, like he's looking at Tom Brady and LeBron James and he's like, I want to play until I'm 35, 40, you know. Yeah. And it, Good and on him. I hope he does. Yeah. And, you know, little things like little things like he made a heap of money off a – his mate had a brewery and he invested in it made a heap of money. Like you forget things like external stuff where he might go, well, I don't need to make that much money through footy and if I lower my salary cap, we can have – we can keep chair and bring more in. And yep. You can bring – yeah, you can have more of those middle tier guys. So – Hopefully he's starting to think like that. And I think his leadership's excelled a fair bit when he first got. Um, so Mundy, you forget in 2016 with Pav's um, step down, Mundy became the captain because everyone loves Mundy at the club. Like all the players love him, um, all the coaches love him and all the supporters love him. And then it was, he had a year and we had the year from hell. That's when we started the podcast. It was classic. Tipped us to go 20 and twenty and two. And we went, I think we started off 0 and 10. Oh, like, did he get 20 and two? Who are the two you're going to lose to? Uh, Hawthorne in Tasmania will always lose because we we just can't win in Tasmania. That's and frostbite. I think that's like Not- I was like, uh, we'll probably lose to like some good team in in Melbourne or something like that. But I was like, we'll win every. Like we'd come off we'd come off the 2015 season where we'd gone and we finished top of the table and you know we kind of petered out towards the end, but we didn't see that that dropping off completely. No. But um, you know that's I mean that's Docker's history. You can go back go back through the tapes there. You can. Listen to the very you first. can. You can't, I don't even know if the first purple rain shows are up anymore, but I mean, you just, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, the best thing is though, if you go on Facebook, I reckon every second or third day, you just see the, uh, the Derby, the, the Derby, the, um, the Dale, the, the Dale kick it, oh, the demolition, Dale, Dale, the Dale kick it, Dale, Dale, the demolition, the demolition Derby. Derby. 
yeah. I just watch it. Just Gardner and Pavlich. Just there's like two. Oh, new, yeah. There's like two and, newborn giraffes going at it. <laughs> but I mean, the thing that people forget about that game is that Eagles were up by like forty points, and Dockers came back and won by a point. Darren Glass ran into an open goal and missed one, like like in his second or third game for the Eagles. Like he was playing forward, and like, mate, like. The the main biff wasn't even on the like Dale Kickett and Phil Reed went at it again in in the bloody uh, in the third quarter and it wasn't on camera because I, I we went back during the lockdown we went back and rewatched old Dockers games and did podcasts on them we called them the redockables like the Bill Simmons rewatchables I like but, it like we watched that game and it was just like I was like oh man this is this, it's a it's a really great it's the best derby as we call them in WA but I know it is derby that's what the name of the place is in England like get it right WA. But um, uh, there, the demo derby, and people forget this as well. Dale Kickett served a nine, nine or twelve week suspension. Then he came back and kept playing. He did not retire. Like people always are, I oh, just retired after that. He came back and played another season for the Dockers. Like it just, just little things like that. And Damien Drummond's coaching, which was just. Uh, yeah, let's yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll move. We'll move. We'll move past it. <laughs> uh, so, if you th- if you think about that, obviously, who's going to be the breakout? Who's going to be the breakdown? Who's who's on their last oh, legs? Stephen Hill. Stephen yeah. Hill. We can't get him back on the track. Look, Stephen Hill is, I think, a little bit of a and and Mark Duffield talks about this. And if you want to listen uh, to your to your Melbourne audience, if you want to listen to a great WA podcast, the game with Mark Duffield and uh, Brennan Quartermain, Duffin Quarters. That, not Brendan, it's uh, Glenn, sorry. Um, that, that's fantastic. And, and Mark Duffield is the only Dockers supporter in the AFL media. And when, when we go to games and we, we have media tickets, so we sit up the top and we purposely sit next to Mark Duffield because he's just like, oh, he's like a, a, an old time. He's, he was um, Paul Duffield. That's his uncle. So, I mean, that's his, his nephew, if you want to say it like that. So, and Mark Duffield's a really expert writer. So that, that podcast is really great to you your uh, Victorian listeners, if you want to get a WA perspective on how, how we think about things. But Mark Duffield's like our one shining light. But Stephen Hill, essentially, we had this guy, Weber, who was our strength and conditioning guy. Now, he was a Wallaby strength and conditioning guy. So his motif was to always get the players bigger. Players getting bigger. Now, Stephen Hill should look like Brad Hill. They're brothers. They should look the same. You look at Stephen Hill. Stephen Hill's got about 15 kilos on Brad Hill. And Brad Hill's, like when Brad Hill played for the Doctors, he was skinny, he was quick, very good. Stephen Hill was real top heavy. They tried to bulk him up to make him, it's a Ross Lyon thing as well. They tried to make him an inside and an outside midfielder. You can't. Like how Ross Lyon, well, Ross Lyon didn't like Luke Ball because he was inside, but he wasn't outside. It's like, mate, like not everyone can be like Monday and Fife. He's better on the outside. He's got these elite skills. You know, but we made him too heavy and his legs are just cooked. He's got quad, calf, hamstring issues. And the Dockers love him as well because he's a, he's a highly skilled player and he's a legend at the club. And, like, it's just like it is actually probably time for him to to kind of retire. And if he retired before the year started, probably help us out because we might be able to get another person <laughs> in on the list. Like, it, it's harsh to say, but it's it, like at the start it's, of last year, we were saying, but yeah, look, he's training the house down the start of last year. Then he got injured in the preseason. And then like, he is so highly rated. He does not play, like, he'll train for one week and they'll get him in. Like he'll come off an injury one week and they're like, he's in the team straight away. Like right he's so highly rated at the club. And like, we, I mean, we love him, but, it, and like his goal against Geelong in the, in the qualifying final is like, that's one of, that's probably the most Dockers moment in our history 
like Sandy banging it to him and then like just coming in off the bench and just running and kicking goal to get us into the prelim. But like that, Stephen Hill will always go down as a legend of the club and like it just, his time's done, unfortunately. Like unless he somehow loses like 15 kilos of bulk, but then he hasn't got the pace anymore. So nah. it's kind of like he's, he's, yeah, he's caught between a rock and a hard place. And, and realistically, it's the, the idea of bulking him up was just, if you go back and you, everyone's got a PhD in hindsight, but you went back in time and be like, don't bulk up Stephen Hill. Let him be quick and an outside player and he's got elite skills. So, you know, it's a bit, it just sucks because he was, he's a great player. All righty. Duck, it's time for you to yep. put the agates on the chopping board now. Okay. I need to know, in 2021, where are the Dockers going to finish on the AFL ladder and why? Well, I think in the end, I reckon we'll, we, we should finish in the top eight. We should finish the bottom of the top eight. Six to eight, I'm pretty happy with. Um, look, I think, you know, when we look at the guys that are growing and the, the young guys that we've got coming through, you know, you, you kind of forget that, that Cox and Ryan and Chair and Brayshaw and even Sarong to an extent, like some of them have played less than 50 games. Some of them are in that 50 to 80 game range now. So we've got a lot of guys coming through in that really peak game range. You know, Fife is, in my opinion, still on his day, the best player in the comp. Um, Walters is super underrated and, and is just unbelievable yes. at times. He was, bit, he um, was very got, quiet last year, wasn't he? Very quiet. Yeah, he, but then he still had games where he kicked like four goals and had 30 touches. And, you know, like Sonny is just, I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's an absolute legend. Again, I keep saying these guys are all legends, but, you know, um, Lob, hopefully he can improve a bit. He was pretty, he was good two years ago. Last year he had a bit of a down year. So if he can improve, but look, I think another year under JLo, like we yeah. really started to click. To be honest, the best thing about last year, the fact that the boys all went away together. Now we've got, I think, uh, Taylor Duman, who you probably like, who's that bloke? But he's a, he's a skinny backman we've got. He's got a kid. Mundy's got a kid and Walters has got kids. So those three guys have kids. No one else has kids on our, on our yeah. team. So like when the boys know all about. went away, well, I think, I think, you know, not speaking out of school, but I reckon Mundy was just like, oh, good. I'm getting like these kids are like, I watched Mundy's kids nearly die a couple of times at a, at a scratchy, <laughs> just like getting on a barricade and getting over the top. I'm like, Jesus, Jeez. this old lady sitting next to me is like, those kids, someone's got to stop those kids. I was like, oh, their dad's just there. And he's just like watching the footy. But um, look, um, yeah, look, if we, can, if we can finish from six to eight, playing at home, I think we, we really yeah. make that a fortress now. And I think with the COVID stuff and the lockdown stuff, I reckon it may even work in our favour where if we've got teams coming over and they're like, oh, we've just got to get on the plane, stay in our hotel, and then we've got to go play footy, they're going to be like, ugh. But if, if we can improve that and then, you know, getting guys back like Logue, like Alex Pearson, like Joel Hamling, uh, like three key defenders who didn't play much of last year. And Griffin Logue is, is yeah, I was out on him. You've he got, like you've got lots of room, haven't you? You've got lots mm-hmm. of, if, you, if you're finishing 12th with all those things going on, you get your back line back, you get those younger kids just taking that next step. You get a forward line that can function a bit better and a coach is in his second year. Yeah. yeah, you're really, and really we're, good We've so much trust in J-Lo. And look, he wants to get the, the forward game plan going. He knew we had to fix up our defense and and stop the, the essentially our big problem was is that we'd get turnovers in D50 and we'd just get killed. Um, but he's cut that out, you know, and I think you're going to see a little bit of the Dockers, similar to what they were under Ross Lyon in 2000, 
12, 13, 14, you know, like it's, it, I, I'm really boyish on a side. I'm really pumped about this season and it's, it's good. Well, the listeners could see like your food. face and just how excited and the smile that you can, you've got going across at the moment. Mate, you're picking yourself. Well, I mean, I'll put you down as sixth. You've, you've given me, you've given me top six. So you're saying you're going to finish sixth. Well, I mean, we get, it depends on home games and what happens with hubs. But I mean, in the end as well, like we've been doing the pod for, for this is our sixth year and we've been terrible pretty much. Like, to be honest, we have been terrible for those six years. Like last year wasn't bad and it was a start of a glimmer of hope, but like we're finally starting to see, I think they finally pulled the trigger. What they did, they had a little bit of under Ross line and you can read the articles. When we, lo- when we lost Luke McFarlane, we're like, all right, we're going to cover it with Zach Dawson and team defense. And it's just like, uh, okay, like that didn't yeah. really work. And everything that they said just didn't work. Like, we never had a plan in place for um, when Pav retired or when Pav slowed down. We never had a plan in place for when Luke McFarlane retired or he slowed down. And it just, those two guys were the two pillars of our team. You know, you got your full forward and your full back. And they're like Luke McFarlane's super underrated. And Pav, obviously, I think people do rate Pav, hopefully. Oh, we, outside, mate, don't worry. He, he's <laughs> over this side of the world, mate. We love the Pav. Yeah, Love so, I mean, he, he's awesome. So, look, I think, yeah, realistically, if we finish anywhere from 6th to 8th, but look, if I'm going to be real, we could finish as low as 10th and 12th again, and it's another growth year. But I don't want to have another wasted year of Fife or Walters, no. I think. And Mundy's, Mundy's look, how, how long Mundy keeps playing, Will? I mean, everyone, everyone Just keeps saying Just let him go, mate. Good. Like, you, you, the yeah. thing with, and this is the thing that I get peeved with the older player. All right, they're getting older, but... A, what are you going to replace him with? And B, are you telling me that there's another player on our list that could actually get a game before him? If the answers yeah. to both of those are no, then don't get rid of him. I think sometimes, you know, if what they should do is just hide the date of births and play them by the, the caliber of the person. Yeah. They don't do it. that. Doesn't it's, matter. Just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Now look, before I ask you about just the overall perspective for the, the 2021 season, one thing I was massively impressed with was the way that your group handled the COVID situation over in Brisbane compared to West coast. You were, you were men, they were mice. They just complained. And the thing you could hear, I don't know how bad you heard it from your side of town, but down here in the South, it was day in, day out, West coast of whinging about this, complaining about that. Didn't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Whinge, whinge. And you guys seems to absorb it. And I think it's made you a tighter group. And it just sounds like what they've taken that experience, brought it back over. And they've actually used it as a bit of a launching pad, hopefully going into this year. Cause you're right. They did play. Some really good ball moving into the back half of the year. So, you know, kudos to you from that side of things. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just, I think, it's different dynamics within the, within the team. And uh, we're a younger side. Like I said, three people have kids. Uh, they're an older side. They've all, like, they, Eagles go out of their way to get their players married and have kids. Like, seriously, it's, it's very much get married, have kids, settle into West Australia. Like, they really, they really do have a big culture of, you know, you should settle down, have a wife, have a kid. Get, like get married, have yeah. kids and, you know, you'll be set and all their players have kids and all their players, you know, and it's just, I think, I mean, you, you've got kids, Pat, so you, you'd know what it's like, mate. I don't have any kids, but I know that, you know, if you're away for a month and the kids, you know, got diarrhea and you're in lockdown and you're the single, like the mum's there by herself look, and like you're absolutely copping it, you know, when are you coming back? What's going on? What's happening? And you're just like, well, I've got to stay here. And, you know, where's the Dockers boys? The Dockers boys are playing video games and enjoying themselves. So, you know, they were, 
they were all ready to go. So, look, I mean, I think that that was a big difference. But, the, yeah, the Eagles complaining was very uh, – we quite liked it. And, you know, the thing is, is that in Western Australia, like we were saying before the show, that WA is majority Eagles fans and the media is all Eagles. Like um, the other – like yesterday, I think it was, on the, on the West Australian website – under Freo Dockers, they're heading for Freo Dockers, which you can look up your Freo Dockers articles. There was four Eagles articles, no Dockers articles. I mean, our women, they are killing it, our AFLW side. Like, the Dockers got robbed of that flag, the AFLW women, and, like, the Eagles get better. Like, they get belted every week, and half the articles about the Eagles women still. Like, you know, the Dockers women are going about their business, and they're, they're I reckon, they're a sniff for a flag this year. They're a massive sniff. Yeah, they're, they're Mate, they've got, they have got credibility them, over here. And I mean, the thing that I know we're on sidetracked AFLW, but they've been playing together for four years now and they yep. just, they know how to play for you. That's, that's the fact of the matter. And they're just really, really good. And we've got some real great players, like really good players that are just, you're just like, holy Mary. Like sometimes you watch it and you're like, oh, you know, this guy, this person doesn't really know how to play that well. And then you see one of the Dockers girls and they're just going in health leather tackling. Yep. And the, standard of, the standard of the uh, AFLW this year has, has taken a big step. The first few years, yeah. especially the first couple where it was, all right, who can, who can actually just hold this thing and drop it on their foot? You're getting a game to now that they've gone through these pathways and, and they're drafting yeah. the, the caliber of the games. You know, there was a goal kick last night in the, the Western Bulldogs game where she's picked it up from outside 50, taken a bounce and then just launched it. It's rolled through and you just sit back and go, I, I couldn't see that being done four years ago. And that's, yeah, that's and just I- how the growth has gone in, in that short amount of time. Mm. All right. So if it's not going to be Fremantle, who is going to, yep. who is going to win the flag? Just who's going to I've take got, I've, written, I've written down these three things. My premiership, I think is Richmond again. I don't understand. This is the big thing that I don't get. It sucks. Richmond play the best brand of football, but no one plays like Richmond. I don't get it. Like, why isn't anyone copying Richmond? Like, Hawthorne played their style and then the Eagles copied it and everyone started to copy it. But no one's copying Richmond. No one's copying that. Just surge, get it forward, just roll through in numbers. I don't understand that. Like, I know it's their drafting probably and they've got – but I can't see. I think clubs are. Clubs are, but they don't have the calibre of the player to to play. Mm. And that's a, that happens with a lot of teams. They see a game plan. They try to roll it out, but they don't have the skill level or the players capable of executing it. Yeah. And but I, I just can't see anyone being I, I, I don't like I don't I don't rate Geelong. I think Geelong are gonna fall off a cliff. I think Geelong could be like the Dockers in 2016. I'd really reckon they could fall off a cliff. They got old dudes, like they're they're lower they're dad's grade army. guys. They are dad's yeah. army. And the, the problem with Geelong and why they lost the flag is, and it's always the case every year, it's your bottom five. Like it, it ends up being your bottom five versus your bottom five because everyone cancels each other out. And then, I mean, it happened in the, in the 2013 grand final, before the grand final, I said to my mates, I was like, this game is literally, will Zach Clark, and there's a name for you, will Zach Clark play well? It was Zach Clark versus David Hale, essentially. That's what mm-hmm. the game came down to. David Hale had a pretty good game. Zach Clark got subbed out and we brought Lockie Neal in who actually had a pretty good game afterwards. But it, that was it. It was like everyone else is going to cancel each other out and then it's going to come down to goddamn Zach Clark, how well he plays because he's the worst player on that team. And he's just like, well, you know, everyone else matches up pretty much perfectly and then, then you've got Zach Clark versus David Hale. And that's yeah. what a lot of flags are based upon. You your, know, bottom your bottom six, five. mate. Your top, yeah. your, top, your, top, your top six win them during the season, but your bottom yep. six that win your flags. That's Been it. Been saying it for years. 
And only the real experts like ourselves actually know that that's true. Um, Brownlow medalist, have you got anyone in, in mind just from what you saw last year leading into this year? I reckon, I, and this is, I've got, I've got some smokies for the Brownlow and the Cohen. This might not be a smoky, but Matt Rowe. I think people forget how good he was. He played against the Dockers and just horned us. He played against the Eagles, horned them, which was always good to see. But people forgot this guy was mental. Like he is so good. And he, then he hurt his shoulder. And it's just like, has everyone just, because he's in the Gold Coast as well, I think if he's anywhere else, people are, like, especially in Melbourne, people would be talking him up. But I think, I don't know what he's paying. Oh, I'm not allowed, so me and Oz aren't allowed to bet on footy, which sucks. Oh, is that so because, you got, because of your media accreditation? Yeah, so we have media accreditation, so we can't bet on footy. So it's kind of like, all right, cool. Well, there's oh. that bit of fun. Oh, a couple of bucks that. my way, mate, because they, they yeah. rejected our media accreditation down here. But we'll have another crack again this year. That's it. Um, well, Matty Rao, I mean, we're, uh, so we, we do the, the pod with the, with the club as well. So that was the, the big thing that we got going. So that's it. But Matty Rao, I reckon for Brownlee and for Coleman, I reckon put, put five bucks each way on both the King brothers. One of those King brothers, like the one who's at St Kilda, he should have kicked 10 goals versus us. He get one goal six or something like that. He could not kick straight. And the other one, I think Ben, is it Ben and Max? Are they the Kings? Yeah. So that's them. So there was a sniff. Like when we traded Jesse, this is getting back to the Jesse Hogan stuff, but when we traded Jesse Hogan, there was a chance where we had pick five and six. And we were like, in, in Dockers land, we're like, let's just get the two King brothers. Get the two King brothers, like trade Neil, get pick five, five, six, bang, King, King, center half back, center half forward, you're done for 10 years, 15 years. They're not cap- they're like they're there together. You know what? Bring their family over. Give their old man a job. He can work down the club. Like you just you got to do little things like that. There's there's so much stuff that the Dockers and it, it's unfortunate. I know GWS had a had a little bit of a, a sneaky stuff about it, doing stuff like that. But you've got to support the family as well. And it, I mean, if you draft two brothers, like bring them over, oh, get them around. We were it. the same. We but we ended up getting Stephen May, so we should have used that pick on. Well, yeah, but yeah. I think I think though that's actually worked out for us. Yeah, it had a bit of a Jesse Hogan. Yeah, it had a bit of a Jesse Hogan thing where it went down the first the first year. Second year he yeah. came back, and he's he's mental for this year as well too. But yeah, so you're so you and your Brownlow. Who's your Brownlow? Your Brownlow pick for Matt Rowell? Matt, Did you have another Matty Rowell? Yeah, I'll go Matty Rowell. I think I just I think people are sleeping on him. People forgot how good he was. Like because because he just he finished the season, and then everyone was like, what was it round four or five? He finished the season. And five. he polled, it was five. He polled, he polled, he polled, like, he polled two, two BOGs and I think he might have snuck in for a second. So he might have had seven votes in the yeah. – yeah, it was so out of control. He's a, he's a clearance base who kicks goals. I mean, he's, he's going to be good. And he'll, he'll he catch the eye. And he's a ranger and he's got white, like real white skin. You know, he's got the zinc on a night game. So, look, little things like that, you'd be surprised how much – because you've got to remember, uh, umpires are human beings, so – you know, you just got to be like, you've got to, you've got to actually stand out. <laughs> and if you don't, and he like, does stand out. He's only 178 centimetres. So he doesn't, he doesn't, he has to stand out some way. He's, yeah. He's got white skin, and, which glows in the lights. The red yeah. hair sticks out, as you yeah. know. And he's he going to be a goal. brand new player for them. And he kicked off. Yeah. He's a gun. Yeah. I can tell you now, though, that we would be around the clubs, etc. The footy clubs, um, the day after a row played. And there would be, how good is this kid? How and you got to you got to remember two years ago when Fife won the brown line, it's because he had the sleeve on, he had the elbow sleeve. Oh, that's like right. that was because he stood out. Like that's you just got to stand out. 
that was my problem. I didn't stand out enough. That's why I didn't get drafted. Yeah, I just, I, I I just too much. Yeah, look at this guy. just so plain looking. I tried to use a long sleeve. That didn't work. I tried getting my nose smashed. That didn't work. I tried going bald. That didn't work. So I, I ended up giving up. Hey, Duck, you are an absolute star, mate. Like, if you want to listen to a podcast about, regardless of which team it is, you've got to get on the Purple Rain because if you've got this guy. No, two of us, me and Oz. So, yeah, two of them are going to be doing. Yeah. And talking about every single week, there's a lot of podcasts that you can listen to that waste of time. This one isn't. So listen, do you, if I was Molly Meldrum, do yourselves a favor and get on it because it is an absolute ball terror. You have been an absolute gem, Duck. Um, any final thoughts before we, um, we wrap up this bad boy? Nah, just, I mean, I hope the Dockers have a good year. That's the main thing. And I hope everyone's safe with all the COVID stuff. That's, a, that's another thing that hopefully we have a normal season. I know it's a little bit, little bit strange this world that we live in and i think we're we're pretty lucky well where we were lucky to be in perth but you know everyone just stay safe out there and just remember we're at purple rain 95 on facebook twitter and instagram that's if you want to follow us on the socials and we've got two podcasts believe it or not we've already, we do the purple rain with uh that's just independent with me and oz and then we do a preview show with the with the free metal dockers official so um that's called the purple patch so if you want to listen to that um that comes out usually couple of days before the game and um and then the the purple rain is the the review of the game so yeah it's uh we do two a week and they're just it, it's really good fun i mean I, I heard you saying that you do it for all the listeners dead set i sometimes say to oz if no one listened to this i'd still do it because <laughs> i just love talking with my mate duck like i said thank you for an amazing chat the Fremantle dockers they are on a trajectory towards the sun and i like i said everybody here over in the east everybody around who loves football you know, football's better when the Dockers are playing well. And if you're representing them the way that you have today, uh, football's in a good space over there in Perth. So, mate, thank you very much. And all I can say is uh, it's as simple as this. If you know the tagline, go for it. If not, I'll, I'll roll it out for you. Duck, how do you like your footy, mate? How do I like my footy? Laces out, mate. Lace out, that's it. He loves his that's footy it. lace out. Lace out, bud. you got to hit the big dukes, mate. Laces out. You're here. Not at my feet, not at my head. Lace out, straight at the Dukes, mate. Thanks for listening to our latest episode. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes. I'm your host, Chris Pepper, and with Jamie Wallace, we give you your footy how you want it. Ice out.